AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. August? I think when the season starts, it becomes season 12. Right. No, no. No, when, when, when the episode... The week when, before the season. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of weeks before the season starts. Uh, this is episode 64... Five. Fuck. <laughs> I just said, literally before we started, I said, let me just get the fucking... The, let me get the correct episode, because everyone's getting bored with me going, oh, he keeps getting it wrong. Like, Should I start again? Um, no, fuck it, doesn't matter. <laughs> no. This is the Fighting Cop Podcast. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> you know what? Do, you, do you know who isn't fucking shit at their job? 
<laughs> fucking Paratici. And a little bit Daniel Levy, because apparently he was involved in getting the Richarlison deal out, out, out you know, over the over the line. And I was amused earlier, John, about the um, the, the reports coming through that Bill Kenwright nearly walked out of the meeting because he was sick of getting lowballed by Daniel Levy. Did you <laughs> like, see that? Like, like he's the only chairman that's ever felt that way. Like, I imagine that's what every chairman feels like with Daniel Levy. I love that. Uh, so yeah, but we thought he'd learned his lesson. We're all walking around going, "Yeah, Daniel Levy's let you know he's opened the, the purse strings. There's no, th- there's no issue now. He understands you've got to spend money, and he's nearly, he nearly fucked up a deal by forcing the chairman, who desperately, bear in mind, desperately needs the money because to, to, for them to be remain compliant in FFP, FFP, he, mm. he had no choice. He had him over the barrel. And Daniel Levy's still going. He still even thought about walking away from it because of Daniel Levy's behaviour, even though it would have meant the fucking destruction, pretty much, of his football club. That's why Funny. I think we, I think we have to, at this stage, realise it's not um, it's not a business thing. He's just doing it for shits and gigs now because he's like, mm. it's just who he, he is. just he just loves it. I think he mm. actually loves it and finds it fucking hilarious. He's, he's in the car like, driving home, cracking up, cracking up. Just go, like I bet he's in a WhatsApp group going, "Boys, that was a classic today." I had Ken Wright <laughs> on fucking ice. I think was he was going to cry. I think Ken yeah. Wright was going to cry at one point. Mm. And I bet he's like, I bet he tries. I bet what he does, he says to his mates, "Right, you can all put in one word, and then I'll try and slip that word into the conversation as part of the negotiations of things I'm going to ask for." Yeah, as so long as like that word isn't sixty million pounds. Yeah, exactly. Not... <laughs> exactly. So he's like, okay, so I want, I want, you know, we're gonna not spend any more than thirty million. We want a packet of cheese and onion crisps. Yep. And, and I need two ibuprofen now. Otherwise, it's over. also you've got to put in this phrase in the, in the phrase. We don't even want Richarlison. <laughs> yeah, we don't Daniel, even want him. In this meeting about signing Richarlison, you have to say to Kenwright, we don't even want Richarlison. And then still get the deal over the line. Cal, how happy are you, are you currently? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's amazing to, to you know to to buy a player like Richarlison, who's you know he's clearly a very good player, Brazil's number nine, all of that, and he's a, a proven you know Premier League performer, and he's he's not a guaranteed starter. Like, and it, but that's fine because it's really hard to improve on our front three. It's nigh on impossible. Uh, but what what we're doing here is strengthening a strength and, and going into going into a Champions League season and going into this assault on the on the Premier League title next year. It's 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 about having players that Conte trusts and having rotation options because he played with a very small squad last season and he's ne- going to need to have a big squad next season. So yeah, it's it's really good. But I I kind of imagine Levy like because he's not done this for a while, right? Because he he's kind of given it to Paratici to do, and you know Paratici's gone. Oh Daniel, can you go up to Liverpool and go and see Bill Kenwright about Richarlison? He's gone. Oh, all right. He's thrown a tracksuit on. He's not even put a suit on. He's just thrown a tracksuit on and he's, <laughs> he's just got, sat there. He's got sliders on. He goes yeah. to the meeting with sliders. Yeah, he's, you know, he's got sliders and socks on. He's sat there slouched in his chair and he's gone. He's not shaved. All right, Ben. All right, Bill. What do you want, mate? Oh, I'll give you oh, 35. And he's just sat there and it's just been days and he's just driving Bill Kenwright insane. Um, but yeah, we, got like fact, we got it done. I like, I like the fact he's calling him Ben there. He just kept calling him out, <laughs> getting his name wrong. Name Ben. Ben. Oh, Bob. Ben Kenwright. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no. Fantastic. I saw this brilliant tweet. I think T shared it. Where he's an Everton fan talking about the chasm between Tottenham and Chelsea, uh, Tottenham and Everton. Yeah. And he said, um, he said that Winks is their seventh best midfielder and would walk into our first team. <laughs> and Richarlison's our best player and doesn't get into their front three. That was absolutely <laughs> superb. That's, re- that's really good. And also, I think like this, what this has summed up, I've seen a few tweets as well from like other fans getting a bit salty, being like, Oh, he's not even going to start for them. He's not better than what they've got. Like, what a bad signing! Like, that makes any sort of logical sense. And yeah, you've actually seen this before. Exactly right. Like, and I've seen this a few times where people are saying like, "Oh, but we—they're not better than the starting eleven. So what's what's the point? Like, you can't have more than one player who's good in any position in a squad. Every other team, like every every single summer, we're like, "Oh, City are buying another one of those wing forwards they don't need." Yeah. They are, because that's what big clubs do. They buy fucking loads of good players and then they work it out later. They don't go, right, as long as we've got an amazing 11. And as we've seen, we've had pretty amazing 11s. Players get injured and it fucks your entire season. We're now finally going, actually, yeah, let's build a squad of players who can come in and do a job. And which Richarlison, I think, is such a good option for someone who can play down the middle as as a backup to Kane, which we haven't had forever. 
It can be a rotation on the left-hand side, which is probably his best position for Sun, which, again, we've never really had any viable alternative. And you can have him as a rotation option on the other side with Kulisewski. Like, it's a fucking great bit of business. I'm well happy with that signing, to be honest. We've been so active in the um, in the transfer market that whenever I see a player trending, I just click on it thinking it's Spurs. I just, <laughs> I've got Twitter on it. Mohamed Salah's just started twinding. I was like, maybe, could be. Let me just check. He isn't just about to join Spurs. Apparently, he's staying at Liverpool. But... Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's been it's it's been a crazy, crazy transfer window so far, and to think we're halfway through July. No, sorry, we're at the beginning of July, and you wouldn't be too miffed if our business was done. It's not clearly because you've you've had Romano Fabrizio, Fabrizio Romano rather, to, um, saying that you know more to come from Tottenham. I mean, I don't know how much more I can take. It's been incredible. Jed Spence apparently is very, very close. Um, had a little chat on Patreon with a Nottingham Forest fan. Uh, he was asking questions about Spurs' season generally last season and where we're looking to go. But we had a little chat about Jed Spence as well, and you know he's th- he thinks that while he's rough and uh, a little bit of a rough diamond, to use a cliche, his ability in the final third is excellent, and he thinks he'll be good if we got him through the door. Do, do you have any any thoughts about Jed Spence? Would you rather a, a right wing back of more notes or more, uh, you know, a track record of playing at the top level, John, or what, what do you think? Um, I think Spencer's exciting. And I always like those players that, that you kind of, they, I don't know, they have a good season in the championship or they have a good season like with a team in the Premier League. And then they go to, I mean, a bit like uh, Andy Robertson and like Hull, they went down, I think, but he looked like an exciting prospect. They took a punt on him and he's become like one of the best fullbacks in the world. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with Spence, but I like those sort of punts. I think that I find them enjoyable for like British players, especially. I think that's really exciting. So I would like that. I would also like us to have a like a more established, well-known, like a Perisic, but on the other side, you can play there. Just because I feel like we kind of fell in love with Doherty because it was a bit of a redemption story, and he became basically pretty decent. But fundamentally, I don't think he's as good as where we want to be. So if both him and Royale both went and we ha- and we upgraded both positions, uh, both like space uh, space in the squad, I'd be pretty excited by that. But if we end up with just Spence and then we've got Doherty, that that is better than what we've got now. So I'm excited by that signing. If it, if it goes ahead, I'll be really interested to see if he if he uh, starts because he's he's exciting. Joe Samuel and Mules both asked a very similar question. Basically, is it are we winning the league this season or next? Now, mm. it, what are your expectations, Cal? Because they, they have to be significant. The odds are that currently the bookmakers are making us third favourite, which means we're title challengers. Mm-hmm. We may we may be too far behind Liverpool or Manchester City, or it may be that we're not because you don't know until this team starts playing and you see what Conte does with them. But if you look at what we had last season. And with these new additions, what we could be next, a title challenge isn't beyond the realms. Certainly for me, it isn't beyond the realms of reality. What 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 do you what what are your aspirations for next season? Given what's happening uh, in the transfer window, I think first things first is to get back into the top four, get back into the Champions League. I think third favourites is about right uh, because you know Chelsea have got new owners. They've lost uh, Christiansen, Rudiger, and I think there's one more defender that I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. They're also um, losing a lot behind the scenes as well in terms of coaches and uh, direct, um, I don't know what Czech's actual role was, but he had a prominent mm-hmm. role. It's a lot of change at Chelsea. Lukaku's gone. Uh, there's a lot of change there, and they're not they're not going to have Abramovich propping them up anymore. And I think that's that's going to we may not notice it this season or even even next. But I think I think you know long term, I think Chelsea are really going to feel the pinch of not having 150 million thrown into the club every year to you know to balance the books. Um, so I think, yeah, third, I think third Liverpool, you don't know cause they've lost Mane, but they, they, they've bought, no, a... they'll have no issues. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that you know, it doesn't matter if Nunes is shit. doesn't matter if he's not yeah. half the player. Uh, it will be half the player Mane is cause he, he, you know, he has to be cause Mane has been so good. If he's yeah. as good as Mane, then we've got no hope and their recruitment yeah. is just unrivaled and will never be topped. But it just clops the guy, isn't he? He's, 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 yeah, he's an excellent coach. We need we need mass injuries through their squad. Yeah, yeah, or just something to just go really, really wrong with them. Um, and bottled, it's bottled possible. The title last year, bottled the title, didn't he? So, yeah, but that's what we, that's what we need. That kind of injury. We need we need an injury to Van Dijk, a big one, and, and and maybe one to Salah, and then then you're looking at Spurs and think we can get at them. 
but we need that luck. <laughs> we need them to be injured. Sorry, go. Yeah, no, I just think I think it's yeah. I think get back in the Champions League. Um, first of all, third would be great um, to get above Chelsea and and cement ourselves in that pack. Um, and then it's and then it's just about okay, what can we win? And you know, the Champions League's a cup competition, so kind of we've got to a final. So and with the amount of money we've spent. It's not beyond the realms. But then you're looking at the domestic cups as well and how seriously does Conte take them next season. He won the FA Cup, didn't he, with Chelsea? Yeah, he's won an FA Cup with Chelsea before. Um, I don't think they were in the Champions League when they won that, though. So I don't know where his priorities may may lie. He he joined them when they were in no competition, no cup competition, as I remember. Mm. Oh, no, hang on, hang on. He joined them when they were 10th. And maybe the, the his first full season there was no cup competitions. I, I, I don't know. I can't remember. But anyway, go his on. First Sorry, full but... season they had no Europe, so that was That's they right. won the they won the title. Um, they won the title the year that that, that he had no Europe. Um, but yeah, so I think it's how seriously does he take the domestic cups uh, as well as the Champions League? And we just we just there has to be lots of rotation, and this is why we're buying so many players because it's about having enough players to balance all four competitions and just seeing how far we could go. And with the domestic cups, it's just that that bit of luck. Does City go out early? Does Liverpool go out early? And then it's anybody's then. Um, so, yeah, I think top four, first of all, and then go for a cup. But you, John? I, I'm a bit torn on this topic because I, I don't... It's not about what we want. It's about what he's going to do. And like I think historically, he's always been like, go for the league. The Premier League is is mental, isn't it? Because essentially... City and Liverpool just get fucking mega points every season and are doing bits in the other competitions. It's not like they just put all their eggs in one basket. It's a bit of a freak league. And also we have 400 derbies a season, right, which Liverpool don't have because we're the London club that every fucker hates. So, like, actually us winning the league is much harder than I think... Like, forget players and all that stuff. I just think, like, context for us is much harder. Mm. He seems to favour that. Because I think actually, like we are prime for like a cup, like an FA Cup would be amazing. I think we would definitely be capable of doing it. Um, it's just whether or not he sees the bigger picture of like the old cliche of is it better to just get this team used to winning stuff and then like continue to consolidate this team over a couple of years, which again he hasn't really got form for that either. So I'm like, I love him and I think he's amazing, and I I would love it if we like go for the league because really win an FA Cup like we always say about the fucking scum doesn't really change a great deal it'd be great day out and it would be good to just get that monkey off our back but fundamentally it's like you want to win the Champions League or the league they're the two big trophies that a club of our size and stature now should be going for that's the bit that worries me is like does Conte want that and that's the bit I'm not sure on well the um, the the, the league Winning an FA Cup would stop the narrative about you haven't won anything. You have all these players, but you haven't won anything. And then, and then obviously the narrative from from other. And I, I want to talk about Arsenal again because we have to because they're just their behaviour has become ridiculous. But, but, um, but uh, that, that, that that they'll go back to oh well, yeah right you've won the FA Cup but what else are you won exactly. But that's irre- no, but that's irrelevant in, in in its complete in it's completely irrelevant right because. What that was before wasn't what Tottenham are now and what we've built and what this team is because this is this is something else. This what we're seeing currently with the manager we have and and all of the stadium and all the infrastructure around the football club is something like we have never experienced before. And I said this on a we do a transfer touch up show on Patreon, um, but it, it's the only time we've invested in the way that we are now. It would have it, and someone might call bullshit on this but I'm just pulling this out of my head is um is, is sort of 61 where we spent a lot of money on a squad now it feels like we and I'm not saying we're not going to be able to match what they what, what they did then and god willing we do because that'd be incredible but what we have now if we win an FA Cup would ratify that process and it, it would get that monkey off the back as you said so but what I'm saying, what I'm thinking now, right, is to win the league, you need to beat the teams at the top. I'll tell you, our squad's big, good enough now and there's enough talent in there to beat the vast majority of the teams that come to White Hart Lane and win away at most of them as well. And if... <laughs> bear with me here, boys. If we, if, if, if we need to win the league by taking points off the best teams, we did that with last te- season's team. 
We beat Man City twice. We we played better than Liverpool and drawn twice, and they were lucky to get those draws. In them two games, why can't we league? Why can't we? I don't know. <laughs> just just throwing stuff out there. Just throwing stuff out there. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the, I'm asking you a question. Why can't we win the league? I think the league is the most plausible, like of the big, the big prizes. Let's assume that he doesn't take the domestic cup seriously, right? Let's just assume that because I do slightly disagree. For I think as soon as we win the FA Cup, we're like, ha, see, we won it, and they're like, yeah, you won the league though. And then it becomes until you win the league, you can't talk to us, right? That's what it'll be. So I would love to do it. I would love it, and it would be amazing. But I don't think that narrative goes away. I think they're saying that because it hasn't happened. As soon as it happens, then it's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, which is why the whole thing is bullshit, basically. But I think the league is doable for exactly the reasons you said, which actually the top teams, we we are actually set up to beat them. And it was against like teams we should have done better against so we couldn't break them down or we'd like slip up against them. We had some inconsistencies. That's what Conte's whole thing is about, is like, a consistent way of playing, a consistent winning like system that basically gets rid of that problem. And once he's got the players he's got and that they are drilled into that system, that's what Ch- Chelsea were just a fucking machine under him. They were just like it was almost like quite robotic in a way that they just get points. We've already got it in our tank to like beat City and get results against Liverpool. So yeah, like why not? Like let's dream. Like I think it, it, if the recruitment is as good as it's been so far to the end of the summer, and we fill all those positions we wanted, based on the business we've done so far, which I think's been fucking top tier, we have got to be in with a shout. This has got to be our best chance, hasn't it? What do you think the most impressive? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think the most impressive bit of business we have done? There's been a lot, Cal. But what what are you most impressed with out of all the players that have come in? Who do you think um, is going to have the best the better season? I think Bissouma is an absolute no-brainer signing. A year left on his contract at Brighton, 25 million, uh, a, uh, a position uh, in midfield where we've needed to strength for at least a couple of seasons now. Um, you know, Harry Winks has kind of been ticking along in the squad for too long, really. He's someone that we should have upgraded a long time ago, and I'm not trying to dig out Winks, but what I'm saying is Basuma is so much better than someone like that. I think he's going to be immense this season. And for 25 million, it's absolute snip. And we're going to have him for the next four or five years. I think that's a brilliant signing. What about you, John? I've got to agree with Cal. I think Basuma is one of those players that for a long time, people were like kind of desperate to sign but didn't want to for the the case hanging over him right we pounced and it upset a few people we pounced and it, it's now gone away and we've let's be honest like from football in terms that is an absolute steal like he yeah. is the one player outside of like the top six that every like fan of top six clubs going we should sign basuma we have signed him they're not only that they're like, saying he's the best best player outside the top six yeah, and he probably is right like i think that was pre- was i think that was a pretty fair pretty fair assessment like yeah. i think he's he's really good so i'm really happy with that i also think perisic is really shrewd really mm. shrewd signing because i think he he's been quality for years i know he's like he's an old he's like older head now but actually that's that's also all right i think we do need a bit of experience he's um he's won a lot of shit and he knows what he's doing he's that's his position so it's not like we've just trying to shoehorn him in He's used to contact like there's so many positives with him as a signing also he's just one of those like low maintenance players no scandals, no attitude problems, no issues. He just plays the system, just gets on with it. I think like all the business we've done's been good, honestly. Like I'm really, I'm really excited. And everyone we've been linked to also makes a lot of sense. Um, Charleston's really good. <laughs> like we've signed really good players. Even yeah. fucking Fraser Forster's a good number yeah. too. Like it's even that's exciting. Fraser Forster, big man. What's he got? Big man's like a frying pan. Big man, long arms, catching balls in the air. Strikers, beware. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good signing as well. It made complete sense. Everything we're doing is, seems logical and um, and planned out and intentional. And yeah, it's just really satisfying to see. I'm I'm actually, I just just I, I, I'm agree agree with both of you about Basuma as well. The first one, I think he's just an outstanding player, and I don't think enough has been made of his signing. And I know there was a there were other conversations about other things that were attached to him when we signed. And so it wasn't easy just to celebrate the the player that we got without thinking about all the other things or having to have conversations about all the other things. But now that stuff's gone away, you can, you can look at it and go, actually we, we can, we should really, really appreciate what an outstanding signing that was for 
peanuts in, in comparison to what well, Calvin Phillips is going for 40, 42 million uh, rising to Man City then what is Basuma actually worth double what we paid for him practically um, and yeah as agreed with Perisic as well I think he's going to be outstanding but I, I, it's a little in a way and I know this makes no sense and fundamentally it's just about getting the squad in so Conte can work with them when they start pre-season next week what are we going to do when you know we've signed all our players in July and then there's like still another two months or, or six weeks till the rest of the transfer window? It's like, oh, that's fucking well boring. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if the the narrative will change as well because you've done our business and other clubs will be doing theirs and the conversation and thoughts around Spurs and how good we will be will dissipate, which is fine. Which is that's good, e- e- exactly. I think that's good. I you know to get the players in now, get them in for pre-season. All the noise will go on at the other clubs and we'll just be working. Our players will just be working, getting ready for that first game. Yeah. Um, and, and everyone's going to be settled in. Everyone's going to get used to how each other plays and things like that. And yeah, it's going to be a little bit boring for us because we've had all these signings and the transfer window's fun. It is fun. And you can't help. And I'm, I'm interested if you, t- if you two did that this morning when Richarlison was announced. Did you, did you go, okay, who's next? You know, yeah. There is that. Yeah, I mean... I, I mean, I, I, I was kind of, I, I was done when it was announced. It was almost like I didn't feel anything because um, I sort of, I knew that that was happening last night. So I had yeah. already moved on. I moved on to Tielemans. I don't even want Tielemans. I'm not sure if we even, but I don't, I don't know how because of the numbers we have now where Tielemans fits. But I want him. Just get him just in. Get, just get him. Want him. What just, just on that? What, what what do you think about that? What just get him. Just get him. Just get him. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a top eight midfielder. Just get him. Like, City don't go, oh, we've already got Mares. fucking when they had Sane, um, all these other fucking wide forwards, Jesus, Sterling, and then I was signed Grealish. They had like nine players to play two positions. No one was going, oh, should we do it? They're just like, yeah, fuck it. Just get him. Why not? If Tillemans is available at a price we want, he's better than our fifth choice. If he's our fifth choice, that's much better and having someone shit who's your fifth choice. So just get them all in. Like we've always said, it's not our fucking money. If we've got the money to spend, and Conte wants that player, right? it's not coming, it's not pressure for like marketing reasons or whatever, just sign everyone. Just sign them all. Because we have had to basically live like a small club for ages. We're now a very, very, very big club. And all those other clubs who are in that bracket of like consistent Champions League football and have like big stadiums and marketing all around the globe and all that shit, they're used to this. They they sign these type of players like every summer, which is why their squads are enormous. Look at Chelsea's squad. I know that they're probably going to be fucked now. They had two seasons where they couldn't sign anyone. And look yeah. at their squad. It's yeah, full it was, of quality players. It was untouched, wasn't it? It's <laughs> unbelievable. They just, they just went to business. Um, just on, on, on Telemans, I just had a little look because he was trending on, on Twitter. And, and naturally, as I said, I, I just assumed we were buying him. But um, apparently Arsenal have failed to agree a deal with him. Oh, and and, and with, uh, with Leicester, sorry. They've not been able to do it. Which And, and now Manchester United are about to, about to pounce, to use a, a transfer cliche. But the... That that says something, I think, about Arsenal because Tielemans isn't expensive. Final year of his contract, once out of Leicester, that isn't a di- if you really want that to happen, isn't a deal that's difficult to make. You'd imagine, and their failure to agree would suggest that perhaps suddenly, and I'm just, I don't know any of this stuff as truth. I'm just saying it because it makes me feel good. Maybe the maybe the purse strings are being tightened at Arsenal. They can't keep spending money. They can't keep up with us for sure. Mm. And the maybe the chatter will start to down to to, to be downplayed by them. There, I don't know where this blind confidence is coming from. It's like they, it's like they didn't witness the complete collapse at White Hart Lane and the games that followed. It's like they didn't witness them losing three games at home, three games on the bounce without scoring a goal at the start of the season. That sort of stuff isn't about tactics and players. That's about mentality and leadership. Doesn't matter how bad you are, three games on the bounce without scoring a goal. Now, how early on is in the season? It means something somewhere went wrong, and that still exists. They're talking about Arteta like they content, like they wouldn't swap him in a second. I don't know why I'm so rattled by their confidence. It's just so misplaced. I don't understand it, unless it isn't, and they know something I don't know. What, how do you feel about them at the moment, John? Like, you know, you boys know how patriotic I am, but essentially, Man United fans and Arsenal fans are 
British people that still bang on about the empire. It's over, <laughs> right? Yeah. But there's yes. still this inane sense of entitlement that we are the best nation. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to Britain, that is true. When it comes mm. to Man United and Arsenal, it's over and they just cannot accept it. Like, they're just not used to it. The way they talk about their club and the players they should sign. And it's all like, but we're United or we're the Arsenal. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Because they, it is in a sense of entitlement because they've just, most of them, have lived through very successful periods and they think it's going to last forever. And it just isn't. Like, it's a cycle. And I know people will say, like, clubs like... United, oh, they're too big. They're not. They're not. They will go through, and they are going through it now, a spell where they're not as successful. Will they come back? Yeah, probably, because they are, they are big enough where that they have the resources to, to eventually turn it around. Mm. There's no magic bullet for that shit, and Arsenal are even further down in terms of, like, they're even further away from getting back to anywhere near where they, where they were. They just can't accept it, and I, that's why I think the whole thing of um, lashing out to us about yeah but it doesn't matter if you finish above us which used to matter to them but now we do it consistently that doesn't matter it's about oh we'll win a trophy and that's why I said as soon as we win one if it's not the league or the Champions League it'll be yeah well you haven't won the league like we've done that because they just see those things as important because that's they, what they've they, got if, if they had anything else to, yeah if they had anything else to say they would they would say it but they right. don't that's it right. uh, this is a case in point here uh, from a uh, bloke on Twitter Trust me, if Arsenal really wanted Tielemans, they would have had it sealed. I've learnt that the last year. I don't know what that means, what the <laughs> happened in the last year that made him feel like that. But trust man on Twitter, because <laughs> he says Arsenal really, if, if they really wanted him, they would have, they would have had it sealed. Um, yeah, it's just madness. Cal, I don't know, what, are, you, are, you, are you at all riled by this weird sort of almost cult-like behaviour from Arsenal? No, I, had, um, I did something, which I don't, I don't tweet a lot. Uh, to be honest, I, I go on Twitter every day, but I don't really tweet a lot. But I did do something out of character, which was quote tweet a Sky Sports post, and it was about Jesus. And I said, if Spurs are really in for Jesus, you, if Spurs are in for Jesus and Arsenal are in for Jesus, he goes to Spurs. Why? Of course. Better coach, better stadium, better players, Champions League football. Oh my God, my mentions. <laughs> I've never been so busy. I've never been so busy. No one replies to me and that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, yeah. And what I've kind of learned yeah. is that what I've kind of learned through this summer and the back end of this season for all the talk that Arsenal have said forever in our shadow, we don't look at you as rivals. Um, the rivalry, I think, is as strong as ever. I think it's as strong as it's ever been, particularly in the Premier League era. Um they, I think Arsenal want. I think Arsenal want to be friends with everybody except for us. They want to be friends with Man United. They want to sit at a table yeah. with them. Um, they they want to sing songs about Tottenham with Chelsea fans. They want to be friends. They want to sit down. They can't handle that we fucking hate them. And so we're the only team that they ever ever actually hate. But they won't admit it because we haven't got enough shiny things for them. But the rivalry's there, and the rivalry's very real. Um, but I, I have, a, I'm very confident we're going to leave them in the dust over the next couple of seasons. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, agreed. Dybala's trending. Do you want us to check if he's signing for Spurs? Yeah, yeah go on. Sign him. Sign him. Sign him. I don't care that he doesn't fit in. Sign him. Let's get Let's him get in. Him in. Um, AC Milan. AC Milan. AC Milan. Sign them as well. Sign AC yeah. Milan, then we'll get. Sign, should, we, should we sign AC sign Milan? Can, AC Milan. Sign, that's a great idea. Let's just sign AC Milan and make them a let, feeder club for us. Exactly. Let them sign whoever they want. Then we just sign them, and then just that's it. It's easy, isn't it? This name of the podcast is let's just sign AC Milan. I don't know if it make any sense out of context. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't. Makes no sense at all. People be like, "Fucking hell! Wow, what a deal!" <laughs> what I've heard. I've heard. I've got ITK. Right. I have actually got ITK, and uh, oh, nice. and. Um, yeah, and what it's saying is we're going to sign AC Milan. So <laughs> I might tweet that. What yeah, the ITK goes. ITK I've heard, not heard it. Yeah, I've heard AC Milan's actually like grew up a Spurs fan. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's Ars Arsenal have been interested in AC Milan, but they don't have the money. Now Spurs are going to swoop for AC yeah. Milan. Yeah, we've got Champions League football and AC Milan are interested in that. So. <laughs> AC Milan are nothing without Champions League football. So of course, <laughs> of course. Um, I don't know if you've seen earlier on that Ndombele uh, has been, there's a couple of videos with him. Looks like he's working a bit hard. Um, looks like he's doing a little bit of running and that. Like, yeah. 
it's we are in a situation where we've got Ndombele, Lo Celso, Regbion, and I know we've got squad depth, but I'm just wondering what we're going to do with these players. Mora, um, Bergvine, Emerson, Doherty, if you know one of them, will probably have to go. Uh, Emerson Royale was, you know, Atletico Madrid won him on loan and they tried to sign him and we signed him. And Spurs apparently not even entertaining bids. Oh. So, so, is it? Is that Conte, when he said give Conte what it wants, is it just a massive fucking squad? <laughs> <laughs> no one's going. I'm not fucking leaving. Is, is it? Is that Because some of them, but we've got to balance the book somehow. These are yeah. big players on big fucking money. I know we talk about signing them, everyone, I don't care, but. Daniel Levy will want to balance the books, and so he should. I, I think there's there is an issue at some point that that we're going to have to deal with. Say we sign Spence, right? Which I think I think we are going to sign Spence. Um, we're going to have three right wing backs. We're going to have Emerson, um, Doherty, and Spence, and then you're going to have a situation where players are are being left out of the Champions League squad, for example, or they're left out of the, you know we, we it's only twenty five. 25 players you know we're gonna have players on maybe 60 70 grand a week that aren't even in the premier league squad so we have to get players out lacelso i think will end up at villarreal Pongi, i don't know where he ends up um or you know lacelso ends goes to Sp- you know we have to shift out a right wing back um apparently region doesn't even want to go um but he's gonna have to go and i think we're gonna get to i think we're gonna get to august and i think we're gonna start selling players then i, I think we will get through this tour in korea and then I think players will start to go out. Uh, Tanganga needs a championship loan. There's loads of players that, that we need to just go, right, I know you're happy here, but you've got to fucking go, mate, so fuck off. Um, yeah. yeah, it has to happen. I think that, um, I think actually that this might be by design because obviously we had that big announcement of like, oh, there's going to be 150 million pumped in, right, which we're, we're spending that money. I think if we've sold like 10 players for 20 million each, suddenly clubs are going, well, you've got fucking loads of money, guys. Now the narrative is like, look, we're not going to get pulled over a fucking barrel because you know, we're, we're quite happy with our squad depth, right? The narrative's slightly different. Even though they know those players are going to go, it does make it a more compelling case to the, the, the club that you're trying to buy from that's like, look, we still have a budget. You can't take the piss with us. Like, We're not just going to throw money at that situation. So I think, like, I think Cal's right. I think it'll be sort of like top-heavy with signings and then there'll be a lot of like out outward stuff and yeah. then there'll be a, probably a little case of like if there's one or two kind of opportunistic signings we can make like a player comes available at the end of a window and we think there's some value there or whatever it might be and we might see like one or two like or maybe one like transfer right at the end of the window but I think we'll do most of our core business like early and then sell everyone at the end yeah I think you agree I, I wonder if the you know injecting 100 150 million pound or, or bringing that down or down withdrawing it or whatever the terminology was last week when it seemed that we were going to make a big purchase and we did with Charleston I wonder if that was about making sure that we got the players in yeah. to give Conte exactly what he wants, the squad to train with in pre-season. And then he'll evaluate his players again. And then there'll be another list of players that can definitely leave, which is why Emerson, the, the idea that Emerson leaving now is, is not being entertained by Spurs because perhaps Conte still hasn't made his mind up about him. Um, but the, the actual last part of the transfer window, which was said would be boring, will actually be about moving those players on and recouping... Yeah some of the outlay that's existed already and that that hundred million pound wasn't really about speculation but it was just about cash flow it's just having the money there and i wonder if that would give the people that are detractors from daniel levy you know more more ammunition what would they say i, I don't think we should speculate for the sake of speculating i don't think we should just buy more players for the sake of buying them but the fact that the money is there to buy the players before we sell is seismic in itself. Players, t- t- clubs typically don't buy before they sell, which is why what Spurs have done so far is so refreshing for us, at least. Arsenal, to to, to be fair, have, have done it as well. They've, but then they they Aubameyang and Lacazette left, freed up huge amount of wages. That's effectively wages off their wage bills. So they they had more room to manoeuvre, whereas Spurs aren't haven't operated like that at all. Really, we still have huge wages in Lacelso and Ndombele. So I don't know. It's good. It's interesting. It's the, perhaps the right way to behave. I don't, there wasn't a question there. That was just a massive statement. Um, <laughs> Todd, the Todd father says, how many weeks into the season before we start to see the Romero, Shags, Richardson's misses leading to training ground bust-up? 
uh, uh, rumours start hitting the back page. The Argentine alpha asserts his dressing room and bedroom dominance over the beta <laughs> Brazilian. <Bedroom dominance. laughs> beta Brazilian. But, but <laughs> the Argentine alpha asserts his dressing room and bedroom dominance over the Brazilian beta. It writes itself. <laughs> I love that. That's that good is... work, Todd Farber. That's a great question. That is very, very good. Have you? Have you? Um, are you? Are you worried about any of that? John, are you, are you worried about that sort of, um, the, the you know, the bust up, the fact they don't like each other or it's just nonsense? You know how many times you play five aside with your mates and you want to smash their face in while you play, but as soon as it goes, you you calm down? I, I reckon they'll end up being best mates, is my prediction. I reckon yeah. what will happen is it will be really fucking awkward um, the first day. Romero will take chunks out of Richarlison in training. Richarlison won't back down. There'll be a scrap. There'll be a scuffle. And they'll go for some drinks or whatever, a bit of a night out, a bit of a tear up. And they'll realize they're both just hard South American nutter geezers. And actually, it's fucking hilarious because they can just beat people up together on the pitch. And that's much more fun. And they'll end up being like solid. They'll be the bromance. You remember when like Toby and Yan and everyone was like, oh, Toby and Yan, what a lot. It's so nice. That's what they'll be next season. That's my prediction. Yeah, a thousand percent agree. Thousand. Oh, they're, they're, they cut from the same cloth. Definitely, yeah, and they'll love yeah, for it. Sure. But that's what I'm saying: is like having shit houses on your own team is a good thing because there are ours, right? Um, like we love Lamella; he was one of the biggest shit houses on there. The fact we've got Romero and Richarlison, it, mm. it's it's only a positive thing. Like yeah. that that energy. What, like, imagine what Richarlison did to Liverpool fans; like they were nearly relegated, and they, he was so under their skin; it was unreal. Like imagine what he's going to do to Arsenal now that we're, we're better than them. They're going to hate it, his guts. It'll it'll be a, it'll be a game where like Sun's out injured or Kane's out injured and Richarlison's starting, uh, like a big game like Chelsea or Arsenal or something like that. An Arsenal player will smash Richarlison and do him, and Romero will take revenge on the same player, and that'll be it. Mm. They'll be like, right, you got my back. That's all that matters. And then they'll just go to war for each other, and they'll just be savages, and they'll, they'll get on. It's just you see it all the time. People hate each other. They're rivals for other clubs. They end up going together at the same club. And they realise the reason they fucking hate each other is because they're exactly the same person. And when they're on the same team, it's like, fucking great. We can both smash people to bits. They'll, they'll end up loving each other. That's my my thoughts. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And what other coach do you want to harness oh. these two guys oh. than Conte? Conte will make them bare knuckle on the first day. It'll be like Kickboxer where they get their wraps and they, they dip it in glass. And Tong Po, you know, it'll be like that. It... <laughs> <laughs> Tung Po. <laughs> is that the geezer that fucks up um, Jean-Claude Van Damme? You, you yeah, see he's... him in the change room just doing shin kicks or whatever they're called to, to a concrete post. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and right at the start of the movie, he fights his brother. I think his brother's called Eric or something and he elbows him in the spine and cripples yeah, him. Yeah, makes him a paraplegic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be the first day, first day of training. <laughs> Romero being there. Richarlison walks to the door, winks, he's just getting his fucking spine caved in by Romero. And he's going, you fucking want someone else, you pan? <laughs> This is Tottenham. This is what this is what you sign for. Winks like fuck's sake. Ah, ah. Or it'd be on it'd be on the top of the walk, you know, the fucking um skywalk thing. Mm. It'll be up there like three hundred and Richarlison's just on the edge and Romero be like, This is Tottenham and just fucking boot him off the top. <laughs> as they all come out of the uh the 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 gangway and going out to the pitch, the tunnel. Although just goes Kumote. Kumote, Kumote. <laughs> Pretty sure that's not racist. Pretty sure. It's not, is it? What's it mean? Just check. Quick. Nearly cancelled last last episode, weren't I? So I don't want to yeah. do another one. Kumote means is one of the f- main, three main sections of karate chaining. Ah. <laughs> Smashing people's spines in with their elbows. Partial yeah. um, yeah. medical now, you rat. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Uh, just quickly on that, let's acknowledge the fact that uh, we have received a few emails based on my comments about uh, saying, alluding to the fact that Son was had the least sex since the end of the season. And I suggested that he was smooth like a Ken doll down there. And um, we had a few emails from people saying that wasn't on and it was sort of racist. And I've got to say, it didn't come from a position of racism. It came from the Sonaldo... Is it called the Sonaldo documentary? I can't remember what it, um, the one it was, but it showed him living with his dad and he never appeared to have a, a relationship with a woman and that was why where that came from. But I do accept that unconscious bias exists and that perhaps why I said what I did and I apologise for that. 
Anyway, uh, let's finally uh, round this up with a lovely question from Gerald Lowe's. It says, you're in bed with your missus. And and Richarlison appears at the door with that look in his eye. You know the one. Next thing you know, Romero slides in from nowhere with a full-on shithouse tackle on Richarlison. He stands up, they hug it out, and both give your missus a good good seat. (laughs) What do you do? Um, what do you do in that instance, R- Romero? <laughs> I mean, you, what like what would you do in that instance? You'd be like, "Fuck, this is happening." Yeah, you just go in the living room and put on kickboxer mate, and say, yeah, "Let me know if you need anything." You go into the kitchen and make three cups of tea, mm. <laughs> and one of them isn't for you. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, okay. I don't know. I've got another one from the Hotspur Way. I'll ask you and see what you got, and then we'll round off the podcast from there. But you have your choice of bringing in two players uh, to improve your squad. Would you let Paratici plate your mum or sister if it meant that the deals were guaranteed successes? Uh, also, which players would you like? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd, I mean, I'm not as discussed many times when you know back into your dad or pushing to your mum I, like, I've got no issue with mum banter so like I'm quite happy for my mum to get smashed to bits um, by anyone <laughs> let alone Paratici and if he's pulling off deals then he can have both if anything <laughs> uh, so yeah that's fine um, players I think like I feel like we still could do with someone absolute mustard wing back I feel okay. like my Hakimi. No- knowledge is Hakimi. He's the only one I like. really know is absolute mustard. So I feel like... I mean, of, of players that are achievable, right? We can't get like Alexander-Arnold or fucking Reese James. One of those two would be great. But Hakimi, that would be great. And aside from that, I don't know, just... I think actually the squad's in a pretty good place. Maybe Bastoni, just to round off the defence. That would be it. Yeah. What? What? Um. Does anyone know anything about the homegrown stuff? Like, I know what it is, but are we? how close to we not being compliant? Because... Jed Spence is homegrown and feels yeah. like that might be the reason why, but I don't know how pl- how many players we are short of it. So I'm not we expecting got... you two to answer that question, but if you can, that would be amazing. We've got Forster. He's counts as homegrown, right? How many do we need? How many? I don't know. All right, let me let me Google it and we can, we can break it, it down. How I'll many? work out. Alistair Gold wrote an article about it this morning, actually. Uh, and did I did he? glance. I did glance over it. This what did morning. he say? <laughs> so there's different there's different rules for the Premier League and the Champions League. So some players can qualify as homegrown in England, but not in UEFA rules. So, like someone like Dyer, Dyer doesn't count because he was brought up in Portugal. He was kind of trained uh, in Portugal. And then there's that thing around um, under twenty ones as well. Um, so, I think in England, it's you can have no more than seventeen overseas players out of a twenty five man squad. But the under the under twenty ones don't count. So guys like Skip and Sessignon and that. And Kulisevsky doesn't count yeah, either, apparently. Kulisevsky couldn't count. But I think Kulisevsky this year is going to count. Um, and Sessignon and Skip, actually, they can't be counted as under-21s either, but they were last season. Um, so Rodin and Winks are probably going to go. Um, These, they- so, yeah, of our, of our non... <clears throat> non well, of our non-homegrown players, Loris, obviously, Eric Dyer's there, as you said... Um, Romero, Hoybier, Bentoncourt, Lascelles and Dombley are going to be gone. You'd imagine, mm-hmm. and then the homegrown players in terms of the first team are Doherty, Roden, Ben Davies, Sessignon, Skip. Do the Welsh Kane. lads count as homegrown? Because isn't ben Davies that a separate does, yeah. FA? But Sounds... is that the same for Champions League? Uh, they do in the Premier League. They don't in the Champions League. Right. So the cha- our homegrown player in the Champions League are Sessignon, Skip. And Harry Kane. That's it. Fuck. All the rest. How many do they need in the Champions League? Fuck it. I'm sure they'll work it out. Yeah, it's not our job, is it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Tottenham, sort it out. (laughs) It's your job. It's why you get paid loads of money. Yeah, stop stop plating my mum and fucking work this out. (laughs) Yeah, you've got more important things to do than that. Stop stop booting players off the fucking Skywalk and work out how many players we need homegrown in the Champions League. For fuck's sake working it out it's all fine right then boys I'll um, we'll leave it there thank you very much once again and uh, no doubt Spurs will be signing a few more players before we record next week if they don't uh, you know, enjoy your enjoy your time don't right. enjoy, 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 enjoy your time enjoy your time <laughs> <laughs>
during time on this earth until until we until either sign AC Milan or we all just die come on Spurs sign AC Milan did it right Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the Podcast is sponsored by Cox. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.